What does it mean to be out on Earth? Fuck! <laughs> Join <laughs> I'm fucking leaving this in. <laughs> oh my god, I'm screeching. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm fully sweating. Okay, anyways, I have it. I'm ready. I promise. <laughs> what does it mean to be out on Earth? <laughs> no, because the tone you said that in was like so loaded. You said, what does it mean to be out on Earth? I was like, damn, bitch. You're reading it far into it. Okay, fine. Okay, one more time. And this is the last time. I could just hear your <laughs> laughter coming through your tone. It was cute. I know, I can't stop. <laughs> I'm smiling. What does it mean to be out on Earth? Join two friends as we broaden our small town horizons and explore the enchanting, hilarious, and unusual interconnections between society, ecology, and queerness. My name is Cricket. My pronouns are she, they. My name is Ashton. My pronouns are they, them. First sniffle of the pod. I got it. <laughs> I didn't think you caught it, but I got it. We will be sniffling today. Yeah, we, Mother Nature is beating the hell out of us right now. Yeah, spring has sprung <sighs> in February. And she's springing into my face mm-hmm. um, and, like I said, beating the hell out of me. She's only springing and sprunging in the form of allergies, and mm-hmm. I have not seen... Hey, the temperatures have been nice. Yeah, but like... They're hot and cold, but that's how Oklahoma Springs have always been. Yeah. Be kind okay. to her. Be okay. kind to her. It's just hard to not be yeah. like, climate change is killing us all. I mean, it is. And like, we had a literal two week winter. Um, and I think that there's like no denying how terrifying that was as mm-hmm. two people who have grown up in Oklahoma our whole lives. Right. And remember actual winters here. Yeah. That was a really scary reckoning, I think. Right. Um, and the two weeks of winter were like, super extreme yes. it like, was snow it was like sleet it was hail it was rained in like you're inside wor- called out of work all yeah. that like it's not yeah it's unfortunately not been looking great right but they did say that everything would happen faster than we gave it credit for and they so. did and we're in it and we're in it but that doesn't mean that we're in it alone you're so right and we we were getting doom and gloom there for a second so i had to like bring it back to a place of community you're right you're right. um that's because ultimately that's, that's what, what we're we here do. for yeah, yeah 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 so anyways hey y'all <laughs> <laughs> the longest um introduction tangent <laughs> I, I think we've had no i've had some i've had some in the past but yeah what are we talking about today um i believe we're talking about brine shrimp yeah. Um. I. I believe. I don't know. You might have mentioned it a couple times over the last week. How excited you are to talk about brine shrimp. I brine shrimp. They're just swimming around in my brain all day, so I really can't wait. Or they're dehydrated in your ramen vegetable packet for ten years. And you're right. And you're right. Isn't that crazy? We'll get into it later. We'll get into we'll it later. We'll get into it later. We're I, talking about pets. pets. We're talking about exotic pets. Yes. Um. Human human manipulation of nature. Right. And um, really, this is an excuse for me to talk about brine shrimp. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's also... Cricket's literally been... When we sat down at the beginning of the season, Cricket literally was like, I just want to talk about... I'm not going to... Redacted. Insert redacted name, because we'll talk about it later. But yeah. they were like, I want to talk about this. Yeah. And here we are. But we have some lovely, amazing context. We and, do. Um thoughts on commodifying animals and 
using animals something to cater your exotic taste mm-hmm. correct yes mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. and then we'll talk a little bit you know about the roots of exoticism mm-hmm. and sort of what that entails historically right. and how and you're you'll talk more about how we're continuing that on today but right. um yeah i'm really excited i think that there are some like i don't want to say exciting connections to queerness because i wouldn't i wouldn't say exciting is the best word but there are definitely some like connections between exoticism and queerness and queer bodies that I'm excited mm. slash interested to talk a little bit about. Yes, please. That was a shower thought right before you picked me up. So we yeah. won't be able to get into it too much because <laughs> I did not research it. Um, it was just a shower thought. But um, yeah, interested. So but before we do that, I think we have some readings to do. We have some people to welcome. Some people to also. thank. So Yeah. So hello to Ooh. <laughs> okay. Hello to <laughs> Young Mustard, OK Dad, <laughs> Stephanie Joseph, Wyatt Armstrong, Shell Wagner, Lena Sue, Mary Smiley Face, Maggie Ahern, Quimbera, Carly Langua, Kelly and Jackie Adams, Shelley DeVos, Kelly Erickson, Katonkwang, Bailey Veda, Veronica L, Mr. Pickles, Remy Attic, Scamp Neuroxy, Annika Schiffer Delagard, and Tig. Hey, Tig. Hey, Tig. Welcome. We were just talking about you, Tig. Yeah. We love you, Love Tig. the name. <laughs> we love you for becoming an earthling. Yeah. Um, if you guys earthling, would earthling. like to join the earthlings, um, you can join our Patreon. We mm-hmm. have early release episodes mm-hmm. and the full video episodes, mm-hmm. um, which we work very hard. see our beautiful hard. faces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are both very expressive people. And honestly, oh, yes. if you aren't watching on video, you're kind of missing out. You're only getting half the story. <laughs> Where, Ooh, where's, the, where's that from? Where's that from, y'all? Okay. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, shout out, y'all. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, Real quick, I want to clear up now. You can't see, but just in case I move throughout the pod... The no pants allegations. I want to. <laughs> I want to clear them up. I am wearing pants. I'm wearing five <laughs> inch 
athletic running shorts. I am wearing pants. I am wearing shorts if you want to get into semantics, okay? I'm wearing athletic shorts if you want to get even deeper into semantics. Yeah. So. We are not a pantsless pod. No. And if I was. Maybe for the patrons. Maybe for the patrons. And if I was, you'd be so lucky. Yeah. So today, was it? No, it was yesterday. Maybe it was today. I don't know. Time is not real. Right. Um. (laughs) We put out a thing that was like, hey, y'all, send in some, um, you know, weird, exotic pet stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we love it when you guys email us. We do. Um, it actually makes my heart skip a beat in the middle of the day when I receive an email. It makes um, me refresh my Gmail. <laughs> I actively avoid refreshing my Gmail. I'm in the middle exactly. of a job search and it's just like the most okay, yeah. anxiety inducing thing. Mm-hmm. But this email saved me from the worst of that. Absolutely. Okay, so this comes in from Bailey. Hi, Bailey. Hey, Bailey. So Bailey said, hi, hi. My weird pet story comes from one of my old neighbors at my childhood house. There was this couple with two kids that lived down the street, and they were always the weird family with homeschooled kids who didn't know how to socialize. Okay, homeschool bullying. <laughs> quote, or um, parentheses, <laughs> we never played outside with them. One of them was a biter. Okay, oh well, maybe they did not Wait, know how to socialize. were you a biter? Do I look like a biter? I don't know. You got some teeps. <laughs> work anyways i feel like anyway uh, you know who was a biter was pk <laughs> why does that ring true i'm exposing pk pk i am so sorry but that just checks out for some reason and i'm saying that vulnerably on this pod in front of you in front of your parents this is what happened this is why i am only bullying them because they did come on this pod so it's so fun to friend of the pod. Yeah, it's so it's so fun to have bully friends of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they had a lot of quote weird pets like birds and lizards, but then they had this loud ass monkey. This what? monkey was pretty cute, and they had it wear baby diapers because apparently you can't potty train domesticated monkeys. That can't be true. Anyways, the kicker was that the only reason we knew this monkey existed was because it was always outside. They kept it on a leash next to their backyard fence, and it would constantly screech and climb (laughs) on both sides of their fence for hours every day. I definitely think it was not taken care of properly with how often they would tie it up outside like a dog. Oh my god. One day on my way home from school, after my mom had picked me up, we saw animal control outside of their house. The couple was arguing with the animal control guy in the front yard, and the monkey was nowhere to be seen. I don't know if the homeowners association or some neighbor called animal control on them, but the diaper wearing fence monkey never came <laughs> back after that. I really hope he's living his best monkey life somewhere else now. Diaper and leash free. Oh my God. Bailey. Oh shit. <laughs> I feel like that's just like a prime example of what we're going to talk about today. Right. It's like why you should not Like, have. what the hell? Why do you have a monkey? I saw on Facebook Marketplace somebody was trying to get, no. get rid of their monkey. <laughs> not on Facebook Marketplace. It was, yeah, it was on Facebook. I was like, okay. That's right. crazy. I would not get rid of my monkey on Facebook Marketplace. No. Join like a forum on Reddit of like monkey lovers or like, I don't know. It makes me sad that the monkey's just like tied up. Like, what the hell? Also screeching. Honestly, I love her vibe. 
They scare me. Like little just like little pet monkeys. Screeching for hours a day. Same. <laughs> but yes, um, the little fingers are what freak me out. I just feel like they're gonna rip my face off with those little fucking fingers. Like I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're freaky, but yeah, they're. It's spastic. Not- um, I don't think that's an appropriate word. Actually, but I said that out loud. <laughs> I think it's more just that, that, like I. They're probably not happy. You know what I mean? No, like, they're I thoroughly like unhappy. They're not. This is not where they want to be. And so, like, they, they could be swinging through trees. Right. Having gay sex. And that's generally how I feel about most pets that aren't, like, dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. Mm, even cats, I would say, like, kind of want to be outside. Yeah. Um, dogs like, are just unhinged. Yeah. Cat- <laughs> cats will bite, they yeah. will tear. Right. But dogs, I have dog trauma. Mm-hmm. And so. I will never trust a dog the way I trust a cat. Right. So. Yeah. That's where I'm drawing my line in the sand. Or <laughs> Is that the phrase? I think it is. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I just think like owning exotic animals like that is like so it's like why? Why? You know, because I feel like you, there's no way that you have the facilities to give them like, yeah. the environment that makes them happy. Um, also... Tiger King is from Oklahoma, and I feel (laughs) sorry. I just wanted to bring it up. I never watched that, so I I like. I'm the type of person that will not watch something just to say that I never watched it, and that's so annoying. And I know, and I know, (laughs) but I also know that I didn't care about it, so I was like, I'm not gonna watch it. Listen, it came out like day two of lockdown. That's true. I was like, this guy's from Oklahoma. He ran for governor several times, by the way, and I remember he was in the Pride Parade several times, (laughs) and I have video footage of it. I was like, oh my god, that's Joe Exotic. I got. I was supposed to go. To, I can't, I didn't, so I don't know what the place is named, but I almost went to the place. Yeah. Because it was one of the field trips that one of my daycares took when I was a kid. Oh my God. But I didn't get to go because I fucked up at daycare and did something. I can't remember. But I remember one of them, one of the kids brought back a porcupine needle for me. And I had that needle for years and I miss it. The Joe Exotic porcupine needle. And And I wanted to like dip it in ink and use it as like a quill. (laughs) I was a fat, I was gay from the get. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had the chance to go as well. Like, Joe Exotic was just kind of like a local celebrity in Oklahoma for a while. Like, he, everybody kind of knew who he was. Again, he was like running for governor and he was just like in things all the time. But nobody really, really thought about the fact that he was like, he had all of these animals in like tiny cages and they're just like, oh, this is weird Oklahoma guy. Yeah. I mean, most Oklahoma guys are weird. Right. Sorry, y'all. But it's like in a tiny ass town. I think something that you mentioned about exotic animals was like having the facilities for it. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is like inherent with like anything exotic is the ability to like have those facilities, which ultimately is like obviously connected back to like economic power and like mobility and those kinds of things. And I don't think that's like changed that much. I mean, even if you think back on our houseplant episode, mm-hmm. like a lot of really exotic quote unquote plants are very expensive. Like mm-hmm. plants can go for like cuttings can go for tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And so I think that, yeah, that is a characteristic of things that we deem exotic is just that they are um, 
only accessible to some. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're taking them out of the space where it would be easy for them to just live. Yeah. And yeah. They could just hang. Controlling whatever environment around them mm-hmm. in a space where it's not meant to be. So we talked about how exoticism is like, don't look at me like that, is <laughs> typically um, something that um, only wealthy people or people with more resources can um, engage with. But I think it takes a lot of different forms, whether we're discussing flora, fauna, or humans. Um, but the through line is that it is a tool used by those with power to fetishize the otherness of something while also subjugating it to its larger systems of dominance and extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is sort of the modern definition of exoticism. And honestly, based on like the research that I did, it's kind of always been yeah. the definition of exoticism. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the term exotic itself. Um, I think that it's subjugation by like white wealthy elites over the course of history have lent it sort of those connotations. Um, so mm-hmm. I do think it's definitely contextual, but definitely. it definitely has some like, I don't know, depending on the context, heavy implications. Right. I think just maybe the the way that the word has evolved and the way that it's used now mm-hmm. is it's almost like it's been commodified. Yeah. I mean, what hasn't been at this point? Yeah. We're in late stage capitalism. <laughs> but um, I was one of the articles I read for this um, episode was called The Exotic Enthralls, Comparing Pre-Modern Colonization with Present Day Exotic Pet Keeping. Okay. And in it. Enthralls. Enthralls. And in it, they stated that perhaps the greater recognition of the word exotic today to represent the unknown lies in the idea that it implies the envisioning of the obscure and different in a way that the word foreign lacks. Evidently, then, exotic can refer to not only something belonging to a faraway land, but anything or anyone that is negatively demarcated from the norms established in the West. In other words, the first recorded utterance of the word exotic is likely rooted in Western society's long-rooted xenophobic system, economically, politically, and culturally, that clearly empowers one group over another. Um, so I think that's like a very like eloquently and like more detailed way of saying that you know, it's a negative way to commodify a lot of different things. Um, with, like a way of othering. Yes. Um, anything that's not a norm in Western society. Yeah, exactly. And the way that that is perceived as like either a good thing or a bad thing mm-hmm. has changed a lot depending on like what it is. But yeah. um, it it is interesting to know that that's. It comes from that othering. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think I really enjoyed the differentiation between like foreign and exotic mm-hmm. and the nuance of like exotic versus foreign. So I thought that was a pretty interesting point. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're going to kind of get into the history of exoticism itself. Um, so, you know, in 1492, uh, <laughs> Europeans first, quote unquote, discovered the quote, new lands of the what is now called the United States. Um, and so they brought with them ideas of civilization and barbarism, the latter being in defi- defined in opposition to what they deemed civilization. Um, so a lot of the things that they would deem uncivilized were just anything that wasn't Western white culture at the time. Right. Um, so 
any forms of like eating so any like cultural foods or any ways of like farming or government systems or familial systems like were all seen as primitive or barbaric if they didn't take forms that were exactly or similar to western forms mm-hmm. um so they aimed to make the barbaric civilized as it was their quote duty to spread ways of being that they deemed appropriate mm-hmm. um and so as they spread their influence uh, the european colonizers they came in contact with non-europeans in east asia africa the middle east and in the americas generating a slew of stereotypical representations of these places made by white explorer mm-hmm. explorers. Mm-hmm. These new and unknown people and cultures were exotic to white explorers and thus became subjugated by colonial rule. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, white people from the get have just been doing the worst. And, you know, we're here to talk about it. We're here to expose it. Right. And um, I think we talked about a little bit when we were planning this episode about how exoticism is so linked to like Orientalism. Mm-hmm. And I think exoticism kind of goes beyond that and talks about like um, assigning that attribute to anyone that is not white, mm-hmm. whereas Orientalism is like uh, linked to the mm-hmm. quote Orient mm-hmm. and very much in line with like this idea of colonial rule because. They used, like, the Orient as a way of um, making making something seem really, like, magical and mm. um, so otherworldly mm-hmm. uh, to the point that it's, like, again, like, worthy of being mm-hmm. taken mm-hmm. and therefore colonized. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in the Orient, like, that idea of, like, wealth that can be just like taken mm-hmm. cultural wealth mm-hmm. um in the name of like british colonial mm-hmm. rule especially in like india mm-hmm. and um yeah it there's there's a whole there's a whole discourse yeah. there um the that is so nice to read about. it's it's just so so much to learn yeah um the article yeah briefly touched on like orientalism in like genuinely a paragraph and i was like that feels like a whole nether fish to fry. And so I'm going to leave that one to the side for now. But know that they yeah, are intimately linked, as Cricket said. Yeah. Semantics. Um, always semantics. Always nuances. <laughs> Bitches love nuance. Um, so a key tenet of exoticism then is the way in which it does not necessitate that the people othering it or benefiting from it actually learn about the culture. Rather, they just commodify it um, and commodification kind of implies that there's not really an appreciation for. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at least that's kind of how I navigate those two words is like if you're going to commodify something um, that has negative connotations to it that does not leave room for appreciation as right. well. Yeah. Um, and Profiting yeah. off of it in a way that doesn't give any credit to like mm-hmm. the true origins of yeah, whatever it is 100 percent, yeah mm-hmm. and so in a lot of ways i would just say that exoticism is cultural appropriation and also just like cultural theft mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um i think it is just like a nice nicely packaged academic word for just cultural theft um so i don't know yeah and so rather than attempting to critically critically engage with the culture exoticism both others a subject and commodifies it at the same time um 
positioning the exotic as both outside of Western norms, but also fetishized by mm. those within the norms. Totally. Um, I, I think of like kind of like my my culture is not your costume, that kind of thing, where you know people outside of these cultures are like, oh, this is a this cute little costume because they don't understand the cultural significance of something, and. A lot, a lot of ways I think that is exoticism mm -hmm. on display. Um, and so with these attitudes, we see the explosion of the collection of things considered exotic by those mm -hmm. who are wealthy, whether this is hoarding exotic plants from around the world or hunting animals that cannot be found in the States. Um, exotic people. People, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exoticism does not denote reverence. Yeah. And so bringing it back to a place of animals, we know that non-human life was othered similarly to other, quote, exotic characters. So with no agency in comparison to human life, the more than human world became subject to these colonial ideas as well, serving as a case study for exoticism within the human world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. And it's interesting kind of like how I think that there's more of a disdain for people who collect exotic animals than there is exotic plants mm -hmm. but um for sure and maybe that's just because we assign mm -hmm. a yeah. higher level of consciousness yes, to animals i would 100 percent agree but yeah. it is the same thing mm -hmm. i agree maybe the commodification of it is a little bit less accessible to mm -hmm. everybody and that's also part of it yeah but um going back to the house plants episode it's like you're still taking something from it where it will thrive and mm -hmm. forcing it to be your own and mm. changing like its destiny really <laughs> yeah it's like taking a a bonsai tree and like forcing it into a tiny little pot when it could be like this full-size tree living its beautiful little life somewhere in a right. field you know yeah hmm. yeah no no like i don't think tigers want to live in cages no I don't yeah. think anything wants to live in a cage. Uh, yeah, I don't think monkeys want to wear diapers and no. get tied to fences and scream all day. No. You know? And the thing is, I feel <laughs> I wanted to bring this up about the monkeys because Brady shows me so many monkey videos like yeah. on his phone. There's so many monkey videos like on the internet. The kind of, well, I think <laughs> monkeys freak People me out. People just have monkeys. I think they freak me out in a lot of ways because they do remind me of humans so much. Yeah. That it feels like, why do you have this human as a pet to some degree? Yeah. Like, I, and I know that that's like, not necessarily the best logic to operate on but for some reason my brain just makes those associations and it's like i don't like that right like, i just don't want a monkey let that monkey hang out in the jungle somewhere yeah like and i think we should talk about the term pet a little bit because hmm. i have pets i guess i have, I have, a have animals that live with me yeah and i go to pet co but like pet what smart. is pet you know like i pet feel like depot Okay, so the term pet has, like, kind of a derogatory connotation, especially when you look at, like, the history of the word. Mm. So according to the Online Etymology Dictionary, um, pets are domesticated or tamed animals kept as favorite. Um, in the 1530s, originally in Scottish and Northern England dialect. Um, and so... It has this sense of indulged or favorite child. Indulged is really interesting because I think like the idea that being in like a house and being 
commodified and belittled into whatever box that you're trying to put this animal in mm-hmm. is indulging them when like maybe possibly them just living out their lives not in your house if anything <laughs> i feel like it's the other way around as far as like it's self-indulgence because yeah you are kind of almost like bathing in the fact that you have the like resources and the like power almost to like bring that animal to your home and like control its like life you know yeah i don't know that's wild right i don't the like control to think about it. of it like who is being indulged there is it the pet owner <sighs> also the idea of owning Ownership. a pet we could get into it but... i was like yeah this is like <laughs> such a deeper like just cultural historical phenomena that I think we could even get into an episode. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like having calling the animals that I live with my pets is a little weird. Yeah. Because I, it doesn't feel like that to me. No, not at all. They give again, me so much. Yeah. Again, and, like it feels belittling and they're more of like a companion for sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely like a, a partner. I mean, I feel like. I do acknowledge the power imbalance that I am keeping them in my home, but they are low-key sometimes i feel like there's a power imbalance the other way especially with cats they're mean they do whatever the fuck they want i'm like damn bitch yeah and they're happy and they are they really are they're happy they're little purrs (laughs) okay stop join our patreon to listen to our cat episode oh my god i found a shirt in my closet that said angry kitty happy kitty annoyed kitty (laughs) that i could have worn for a cat episode and i was so mad that i didn't what I found it at the where or the outlet Goodwill. It was in one of those bins. Yeah, and it just has a little. It has um, um, an animated grumpy kitty on it, and it, and it says annoyed kitty, angry kitty, grumpy kitty, sad kitty. Yeah, why it made fun of me? You have to wear it next time. Why it made fun of me for getting it? They were like, "You're an adult," and it was like. And you can shut the fuck up because yeah. I'm getting this shirt. You have fire shirts. I your closet is very eclectic. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But any pets. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, are you enjoying this episode? Well, it's brought to you by our Patreon. We are a fully independent self-funding podcast and we wouldn't be able to make any of it work without our earthlings on Patreon. We love you. We currently have two tiers that you can join. 
For just $1 a month, you'll unlock ad-free bonus and video episodes, and for $5, you get both of those things, as well as early releases and access to the community discord. You can join using the link in the description, or going to patreon.com slash outonearthpod. We understand that not everyone can donate their money, but if you wouldn't mind rating our show wherever you're listening and giving us a follow, that helps us out so much. Okay, that's it. Let's get back to the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think um, the the I, this idea of like bringing bringing in the wild mm. and keeping it and watching it and observing it and um, also selling it um, mm. is kind of the main point of this brine shrimp case study that I am going to be exploring. Oh my gosh. And you guys are going to love it. I can hear the excitement. <laughs> this in your voice. story just gets crazier and crazier, so y'all better buckle up. Oh lord. All right, you, did you read my notes? I didn't. Okay, I'm fuck excited. yes. Fuck yes. I love it when you're surprised. I love it. Okay, so Oh. <clears throat> brine shrimp mm. have been referred to as immortal time travelers period bitch yes um and so let's get into the biology just very quickly i love biology uh, the genus species of the brine shrimp is artemia selena okay selena i know <laughs> um and they are hashtag not a shrimp so <laughs> you they may be called a brine shrimp but they're hashtag not a shrimp i feel such a kinship with them because my instagram bio says not a man yeah and i'm I look like a man. Right. But I'm not. And they look like shrimp. And they're not. And they're not. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, immortal, I hope I'm not. You should change you should put in your bio <laughs> not hashtag a not a man. Oh. And then <laughs> enter hashtag not a shrimp. <laughs> Wait, I'll do hashtag I, not a shrimp. <laughs> am I a man? Or am I a shrimp of a man? You know Muppet of a Man? Yeah. My man. My Muppet of a Man. <laughs> Um, so brine shrimp are found in salty lakes and ponds, and they've been around for over 100 million years. They swim upside down, and they eat algae and, like, other little things. Wait, 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 wait. Is there is, – so is upside down their right side up? Is it just upside down for us? Because to them, that's right side up, is it not? You're totally right. You're okay. totally right. I just wondered. We may be an- um, anthropomorphizing their – Biology? Upside down. Wow. Downside up. Wow, ideas. we're defining their bodies for them. I don't know. I mean... Hmm. Anyways. Hank Green said that they swim upside down. Okay. So. Well, if Hank Green said it, it must be true. <laughs> no. When l- literally the opening to their podcast is like, we give dubious advice. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. Um. So most of the time, uh, these brine shrimp, I mean, obviously they exist out in the world, but we cultivate them to feed to other fish as food. That's um, weird to me. Cultivating yeah. it? Yeah, we grow them. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> and so they're also super climate resilient. Um, when the females produce eggs, they adapt depending on the conditions of the world around it. If the conditions are calm, the eggs will come with a soft shell, allowing them to hatch quickly. Uh- if the conditions are harsh, The eggs will have a hard shell, allowing them to stay dormant for however long until conditions um, return to normal. 
Okay, climate resilience in the animal world. Yeah, <laughs> and so this is called cryptobiosis. Oh, that's dope. Um, which literally means secret life. Oh, that's really cool. Um, because um, if in this dormant state, brine shrimp can um, remain for an unprecedented amount of time. Um, they're really well adapted for high salinity as well, which is um, going to become like more and more important as sea levels rise, mm. um, which is attributed to higher salinity in lakes, rivers, and the ocean. Mm. So um, because of their like unique qualities, brine shrimp have been used to test a lot of different things. Um they, to test their immortal abilities, <laughs> scientists have actually sent them to space. Oh, my God. And they were actually, um, their little eggs were on both Apollo 16 and Apollo 17, the moon missions. Like, they that's were literally crazy. on the moon. <laughs> and that's, like, wild because you're getting hit with radiation particles constantly when you're in space. Right. And the damage that that can do to a human body over the time, I'm granted, they probably weren't up there very long. But, like, I wonder what it would do to them if they were up there even longer for, yeah. like, years as opposed to just, like, weeks, you right. know? Right. And, I mean, what they did is they sent the eggs up and mm -hmm. then they brought them back and put them in water and there they were just hanging out. Did it affect, like, did it affect biology at all? Some of them did have some, like, differences, but... Because yeah. um, lack of gravity is going to cause the embryo survived. to develop differently, I would wonder. Like, we could probably like, hmm. migrate to another planet I don't, uh -uh. and bring no. the brine no. shrimp with us. <laughs> I am not interested in space colonization. <laughs> Me neither, but I'm just saying the brine shrimp would come. <laughs> the brine shrimp are on their way up. Like, the brine shrimp are up right now. They said, we're about to have more, more space. We're about to get a bigger house. <laughs> And There's water on Mars too. The brine shrimp. <sighs> Honestly, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Sea monkeys on we're Mars. We're gonna take care of the Earth um, and live here because this is our home. Period. Um, <laughs> She's mothering. So there's also this um, engineering professor at Stanford University, Dr. Debiri, who says that um, brine shrimp play a vital role in mixing up the layers of the oceans. And the many minerals they contain. Okay, mixing beads. Um, and this is like <laughs> beads. Yeah. Well. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so like it's not just the brine shrimp, but there's this <laughs> phenomenon of called vertical migration, where overnight animals swim up to the ocean surface to like propagate and like mm. welcome the sunrise, Aww. and then they swim back down, um, and. Yeah, this engineering professor like kind of learned how this happens by watching the brine shrimp um, because he like tracked their vertical migration and every night they would like synchronize swim to the surface and then go back down. Because tell me when I was imagining them like mixing it. <laughs> when you were a kid, when you were in the pool with a bunch of people, did you ever do like the whirlpool thing? Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> I was imagining all of these little brine shrimps being like, <laughs> Them. And they're making a little whirlpool together. Yeah. Ugh, I love brine shrimp. And they're mixing the ocean. They're, uh, they're baking a big cake. The kitchen aid of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> brine shrimp are the kitchen aid of the ocean. And they are. Yeah. And we're saying. <laughs> you may have actually 
heard about brine shrimp before maybe because the name that a lot of people know them as is as sea monkeys sea monkeys on mars <laughs> see, we're taking the sea monkeys to mars um and we should <laughs> and so i think this is a super super interesting case study because not only is this animal like incredible um and we i feel like we can learn so much of about its like resilience but also it's like a pet that is all advertising mm-hmm. like truly has an, like it's it's not a pet that has any like qualities besides no it swims yeah it floats in water besides just all of the like fake news that came along with yeah. it <laughs> and like if you did not have any experience with sea monkeys growing up i would recommend just like googling just sea monkeys like and you'll see like the intense like packaging and marketing that went into it like you can tell that it was very much like directed towards kids who like didn't really know what was going on but no yeah exactly frankly i don't even think the adults buying them knew what the fuck they were doing yeah because well, like oh oh you got some okay <laughs> get into it so um the guy who decided to commodify brine shrimp is this guy named harold von Braunhut. Um, and he's kind of like I, I wrote that he's a capitalist illusionist um, because he's part of like this large movement of scammy marketing. That, MLM King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that relied on advertising something um, to extremely gullible like children, which children are just gullible. Like, yeah. I don't think I think that's just we shouldn't put the responsibility no. of conscious consuming on children and i think advertising to children in itself is already something that's just like really fucked up yeah um and especially if like the children start to like nag their parents about wanting something that's going to influence a parent i think granted they're responsible for their own actions but as i can imagine that as a parent i would feel a little bit more inclined to get my child something if they were like i want this you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly and these things have been around for a long time. Um, the 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 huge like boom that I know about is from like the 1970s because my parents talked about it a lot, and they they have wonderful stories about sea monkeys. I guess it was like a collective experience um, that like friends would go and get sea monkeys. Sea monkey dates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Basically, what he was advertising is giving children the power to, quote, create life. Uh, uh, um, uh. The idea of, like, instant life, just add water, kind of along the lines of, like, similar new inventions um, mm. around, like, the 1950s when they first came out. Like, microwaves and instant coffee and, oh, like, all of okay. these things. All the instant stuff. Yes. Instant yeah. pots, crock pots, all <laughs> these things. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um. Which is great because I, th- I think there are some inventions that are good that they're faster because mm-hmm. we don't need, like, moms in confined to the oven all day, which is mm-hmm. how it was kind of, like, before the yeah. microwave. That's a whole other tangent. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, um, this is just kind of part of that larger phenomenon of, like, things speeding up and we want things to be fast and instant and drive throughs mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he kind of builds off of that and he's like, listen, you can pay a dollar to get this kit, 25 cents for shipping. Um, and it'll come with the little tank 
Mm. Um, a water purification packet. Um, and then another packet with the eggs. And the way that it works is you pour water into the tank. Mm-hmm. You pour the water purification in mm-hmm. there. It instructs you to wait 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then you pour the packet long, number two in there. The longest wait of your life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're a kid. No. That's like literally a week no. in adult time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the way that he marketed this to kids was um, directly two kids like he did not go through the I remember parents. the commercials well yeah and also he did it in comic books which was something that like it was kind of a new thing but oh. he was like I'm gonna go directly to the kids and they're gonna be the ones that send me the dollar the newspaper of, of the children <laughs> yeah yeah and um so I want to spend a minute to talk about like the ads themselves um Ooh, yes because they're super fucking weird like yes just the characterization of them is super fucking weird um and this guy uh so harold he actually collabed with this guy named joe orlando to design these like characters Mm -hmm. and joe orlando would go on to become the vice president of dc comics oh shit so he was like he was with the big dogs. He's like an illustrator. Like he he did he did the damn thing. Damn. And um so that's just so insane. Like Sea Monkeys collabing with DC Comics <laughs> for the entirety of their brand like awareness. That's kind of kind of slick. I know. It's just crazy. For him, I guess. Not yeah. for the Sea Monkeys. Sorry, y'all. And I wrote that these ads are kind of like nasty and like slash sexy like they're what? they're, they're kind of like they're just like naked you know like oh. and, and they're like super anthropomorphized um like most depict an anthropomorphized an anthropomorphized version of like a sea creature mm-hmm. with like multiple legs and like antennas um and they're all living in a castle Shit, and they're, get... <laughs> they're usually shown as like a nuclear family with a mother. <laughs> Not the nuclear sea monkey family. Uh, yeah. And the mother's like holding the baby sea monkey. And Gender then... norms in the sea monkey world. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And like the father and the kid. And I think that's super representative of like the f- the ideal family structure mm-hmm. at the time. Like, yeah. um, you know, the ads are very nuclear family-esque it's like look your nuclear family can buy another nuclear family in the form of sea monkeys <laughs> um and yeah they're advertised as just add water create live instant pets new super sea monkeys hatch live right before your eyes and that's just the start of a multitude of miracles that you will see when you own the most adorable live pets ever to bring smiles adorable. laughter and joy into any american home adorable is crazy so they say that and then under it in like big letters is like three-eyed freaks of nature so (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's so extreme um oh my god it says so eager to please they obey your commands like a school of tiny dolphins they obey your commands like the the way that he characterizes them eager to please yeah 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 it's fucking why weird. is it so sexual i know <laughs> i don't and like so that. he's kind of like 
advertising them as circus freaks as like and you know like you would if when you go to the fair and you see those like those crazy booths that's like pay twenty dollars to see like this really hairy person it's like that like that's like world world fair type yes stuff absolutely yeah absolutely and so putting that onto like an animal that's literally just existing is crazy three-eyed circus freak (laughs) i know i'm like hashtag not a three-eyed circus freak (laughs) (laughs) and it's like he would he would say brand new like oh we have all these new things like every time super sea monkey because capitalism breeds innovation there would be (laughs) there would be all sorts of like different updates to it And so one of one of the expansion packs that you could get for the sea, sea monkey monkeys, UI just drops. <laughs> <laughs> one of the no one of the expansion <sighs> packs was called the Cupid's Arrow expansion, oh! which you pour in there, and okay. it's supposed to make all of your um, sea monkeys like reproduce faster. Like it's supposed to oh make my. them. We're dumping estrogen into the sea monkey water. <laughs> <laughs> the sea monkeys get HRT for <laughs> humans. Oh, um, <laughs> oh. Stop, I'm red. <laughs> I literally look like a tomato on the monitor. <laughs> so um, they would actually like... This super backfired and it actually got discontinued very quickly because all of the sea monkeys just started having orgies with each other, Stop. which is so queer ecology of them. Wait, I want to see a video. Is that weird? <laughs> no, you can see it. I found a video of it. It was just like all these sea monkeys like in a circle and they were all just, it was great. It was great. And like, I wish I would have known about this for the last, <laughs> last week's episode. I know. Damn. <laughs> but... Personally, I owned sea monkeys. I had like mm-hmm. one. I did it once. Same. And um, I just remember that they all started eating each other, which was very. Oh, my God. Which was very traumatic. <laughs> they did live for a really long time. But like, yeah, they like, I mean, what else are they good? You know, did you not feed them? I did. But like, what did wait? What did we feed them? It comes with a third pack of food. What happens when it runs out? Exactly. They start eating each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's tragic bro it's giving yellow jackets it's like so sad it's like a crazy lesson to teach kids um not natural selection some other spinoffs are uh he also came out with something called like the invisible goldfish which was literally just it was just a bowl like an empty bowl that you would fill with water and it was guaranteed that you would never see the goldfish you're fucking lying no and he like Made a ton of fucking money off of this. Off like, it, it was just these, Anybody like, that bought that deserves jail time. <laughs> like, well, that's the, that's the thing. It's for kids. Like, he's only advertising to kids. What did the kids do with it, though? They just sat there and looked at it? I know. They're like, look at my invisible goldfish. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. It's invisible. Do you guys want to come over after school and watch my invisible goldfish? Like, what? Kids are so dumb. That kid needs an iPad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or to touch grass. <laughs> there was also a one season, 11 episode Sea Monkeys television show Shut up. in the 1990s. I need to watch it. Starring, you'll never guess, Justin Timberlake. No. <laughs> Howie Mandel. Ah! 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 <laughs> he played like the evil scientist it's giving, who it's- turns the sea monkeys into like. He's the Austin Powers of the sea monkey world. Like, yeah. Work. Yeah. 
So we need to watch this. Looking, I know we need wait. to have a watch party for the sea. Okay, we'll have season. a semen, se- No, I don't know if I can do that. Eleven se- episodes, yeah! How, but they're probably like twenty minutes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, if you want to watch like a really great history video on YouTube, um, there's this video called "The Dark History of Sea Monkeys." <laughs> Um, and they highlight, um, this museum that has like this whole section on sea monkeys and it's called the center for post-natural history. And I got really deep into like this idea of post-natural history, um, which I have the definition. It is the study of the origins, habitats, and evolution of organisms that have been intentionally Mm. altered by humans. Um, so it's a history of the record of the influence of human culture on evolution, wow. which is so cool and, and definitely like <laughs> relates back to um, domestication mm-hmm. and like that shift in evolution. Like there is certainly like a point in so many species evolution mm-hmm. when like an- the anthroparchy kind of sets in and like almost everything is affected by mm-hmm. some sort of human intervention and either mm-hmm. their specific evolution like really intentionally like domestication um breeding etc or just like the way that we've altered um ecosystems mm-hmm. and environments around the world yeah. so i think you could almost say like you could say a lot of things are post-natural history but i think just specifically the study of that is so fucking cool and it's oh it's very queer mm-hmm. college or it's very political ecology adjacent for sure i had never heard that term until today i think it's really yeah. cool yeah me neither really i want to go to this museum i think it'd be fun <laughs> let me see where it is actually stop it's in pennsylvania shut up it's in pittsburgh if you know me you know i love pennsylvania <laughs> i know oh my god okay we're going we have to go it's really not that long of a drive <laughs> um airbnbs are cheap in indiana okay we're going like uh <laughs> it's a small tiny museum I'll, I'll be fair it's small i don't but care. they have this whole section on sea monkeys <gasps> um that's reason enough and one of the quotes from the video is that's uh from I think one of their curators, sea monkeys are the only living creature that has been bred to match the life cycle of a toy. Damn. Um, because they were bred, they were genetically modified. Um, yeah. They had limited shelf life, and so you um, had to keep buying. Harold, like in collaboration with a brine shrimp specialist, genetically modified brine shrimp to live longer in its dormant state, grow bigger, and live longer, and um, there's also a little bit of illusion and deception mm. in the process of instant life. So um, I learned that, you know, how there's like the first packet that purifies the water and then the second packet has the eggs. Mm. Well, the first packet actually has the eggs and it takes 24 hours for uh. them to hatch. So during that 24 hours, they're like doing their thing. The second packet has blue dye in it. And you're dyeing the water so that it reveals the living sea monkeys that have already been because they're clear. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's all a it's all a lie. It's not instant. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And then you put the third packet in, and they all just start having orgies. It's great. At what point do we just take that man's wealth back? Well, he's been canceled. Okay. So, good. <laughs> um. Since the like explosion of the sea monkey 
thing. He kind of kind of went off the deep end. Kind of fell off. Because he made this like Uh-oh. he made this toy. Oh no. He called it the Kyoga. Okay. Um I don't even know if it's a toy. He called it like a weapon. And it was another one of those like mail order things. Like that was his games, like the mail order things. Which is the most MLM thing ever. Right. And he pledged all of the profits for the Kyoga. Also, it's like this, it's like a stick. Okay. And the ads are like, you'll never need a whip again. And he pledged all of the profits to white supremacy groups. And there's literally footage of him in like the full, like, KKK geesh, like hailing Hitler. Can you imagine, like, you, like, your day job is like inventing sea monkeys, and then at night you go and like you're like a a Ku Klux Klan member. Like, what That's... the fuck? How is that a person? Like, how is that your life? I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that man. Yeah. <laughs> like, babe, you make sea monkeys. Right. Calm down. <laughs> right. Like, who hurt you? Yeah. Well, also, he grew up in a Jewish family, and his name isn't actually Harold. We... What I'm getting is he had a lot of internalized things, possibly. Yeah, his name isn't actually Harold von Braunhut. I think it's just it, that he he added the von. So it's just Bromhood. Yeah, Braunhut. Braunhut. And so yeah, hmm. definitely some like internalized bullshit. Yeah. Um. That was externalized onto black community. Right. Damn. Okay, so we're boycotting sea monkeys. Totally. I mean, I'm not going to buy any anytime soon, but, like... We should have got some just for the, this episode. <laughs> we should have just gotten some brine shrimp. Maybe not sea monkeys, but, can like, you can them? literally buy brine shrimp at, like, any pet store. Can you eat them? I, wait, I don't want to eat them. Not if I buy them at a pet store. <laughs> I don't want to eat anything that I, mean, I buy at a pet you store. You can eat them. I don't want to like, eat I don't anything know. that I buy at a pet store. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think um, th- that's that's the... The full timeline of like my Brian Trip obsession. Um, I I truly think that they are incredible creatures, and it's super unfortunate that they've been like commodified down into this like silly little illusion that we mm-hmm. spend a dollar twenty five on to you know, I don't know, watch them die yeah, slowly, literally. suffocate slowly in <laughs> no, a tank, eat, each, each, other, other, eat each other, cannibalism, right? Damn. Um. You're not creating life. You're not Mm-mm. doing any of that. You're dying life. You're dying <laughs> life that has been there for 24 hours. You're pouring blue rit dye into a water. No, not rit dye. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's get sea monkeys and then just put like customize our sea monkey colors with oh rit God. dye. Uh, they would die. <laughs> they, they wouldn't just die, but they would also die. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of it's kind of sus. And um, I think it it all comes back down to everything we talked about in the beginning of just like such a strong disconnect and also disrespect for the magic of the life itself and mm-hmm. all, all that it's capable of. And mm-hmm. um, playing God yet again. Playing God. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, well. On a similarly heavy note, um, I wanted to kind of bring all of this conversation back to a place of queer ecology, Mm -hmm. sort of by um, talking about 
the exotification or just how trans bodies are generally treated as exotic or foreign mm -hmm. um, and often othered. So like a lot of the times we think about when you think of people who you might like denote as like ignorant or something, or maybe not super well informed, they'll say things like, what you got going on down there? Mm. Or, you know, a lot of intrusive questions about sort of like a medical transition, which also implies that you have to medically transition in order to be trans, which is not the case. Right. But anyways, asking these like extremely intrusive questions about the trans body because it is so othered it is so foreign and it occupies this like third space that like we as a society just are fascinated with for some reason mm -hmm. um and then going even further beyond that to almost like not even almost to a sexual place when you're you know navigating not even just queer spaces but there are even like straight men who will just fetishize the hell out of trans people mm -hmm. um and i have a lot of trans friends and i multiple of them have had conversations about sort of like the fetishization of their identity and of their body and if you get on grinder you can see people that are like trans slash cross-dresser only like things like that I and mean, so there is this like fetishization of these bodies and of these people and identities and it is like very disheartening um and moving from that to maybe like a more like economic sort of exotification i think that pride displays in some ways could mm. be considered exotification um i think a big one are like drag bars or drag shows that are attended by predominantly straight people i think that there's nothing inherently harmful about being a straight person and going to a drag show. But I do think that there is something inherent. Uh, I think that there is an inherent curiosity mm -hmm, from straight mm -hmm. people about the queer world because of that. And I don't necessarily think that exotification and curiosity are the same thing. I feel like that's an unfair parallel to make. Um, I see so many like parallels, though, because I, I think yeah. both of those words have the exact same um double connotations mm -hmm. because you have um something's exotic derogatory mm -hmm. something's exotic fascinating mm -hmm. you have something curious curiosity well you have um, something curious derogatory yes. something curious cool exactly yeah and also just like the way that uh the word curiosity is used mm -hmm. um along with like terms like artifact or mm. things that kind of demean the value of an mm -hmm. item especially like a cultural item mm -hmm. or something that has like a lot of significance yeah. or um and be, like whittling it down into something that's just a curiosity to mm -hmm. another culture to mm -hmm. um that power and balance yeah. of what is curious and what is a curiosity mm -hmm. what is exotic what is exotic yeah does that make sense yeah 100 yeah. percent. Uh, oh there's so much overlap everywhere yeah but yeah so you know like i said at the beginning of the pod this was like a shower thought like i i didn't really do any research on any of this um just kind of just like my own conversations with my little trans siblings not little that sounded 
not my my little transcendence. <laughs> that sounded so demeaning for no reason. Um, anyways, that's just coming from conversations with my trans siblings and um, just general like. I've been listening to this book called Before We Were Trans, um, and it talks a lot about trans identity before trans identity mm-hmm. and what did what does trans history look like, um, and how do we how do we both observe trans history? Ooh. How do we observe trans history and connect to trans history without projecting our own? sort of culture around it and our sort of vocabulary around it because like Mm -hmm. the word i hate this word because it just feels weird but transsexual like wasn't coined until the early 1900s um and so what was trans identity before transsexual was termed and how did people navigate the world and a lot of that looked like what foucault would say is just like social conditioning um Mm. you know just being like trained to or knowing that you have to navigate the world in a certain way in order to get certain things so a lot of historical sort of gender nonconformity that we see is like people transing gender in order to access spaces or access resources that they're unable to access because it is gendered Mm -hmm. um and so it is really cool just to hear about transness and all of its forms across history and like how it is so intimately connected with trans identity today and can be so empowering but also in like inherently disconnected from it yeah because we didn't have that same culture and that same vocabulary around it all right it's so good yeah that sounds good sorry that was a huge rant but i i just love it it's so good before we were trans i don't remember the author's name so good right but anyways, it's been And all those issues of like fetishization, mm-hmm. exoticism, mm-hmm. um, of trans bodies are like they're they're these conditions and these experiences that are had by um marginalized identities mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think while those like unique experiences are really important, it's like the history of transness and the history of like that sort of exclusion mm-hmm. goes in tandem with the exclusion of mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. and so like you can connect that to everything we've talked about today mm-hmm. and also um the story of people overcoming their mm-hmm. oppressors and no. a variety of ways yeah so beautifully said it's all we're all, we're all in this together our liberation is tied to one another yeah We've been new. Yeah. Well, not until recently, personally. But. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be like a raw, like to be like brutally honest, like it took me a while to understand that that concept of like your liberation is connected to the liberation of every other person um, because it took me understanding systems of patriarchy it took me understanding gendered system Mm -hmm. racialized systems like it took me understanding all of these different intersecting intersecting systems to understand oh shit my liberation is tied to everybody else's right um and so it i think that some people can find that like a chuggy statement but i think (laughs) i i don't know i think it's a really wonderful way to i don't think there's any shame in that either especially because like 
for a lot of people, the um, being able to access that like mm. community consciousness mm-hmm. is eclipsed by mm. the pain that you're experiencing from your own mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. that come from the same system. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like there's there shouldn't be any shame. And like I think it's also hard to fight for your liberation day to day when you're fighting to survive in a system that is like constantly just like doing what it can to ask you not to or to force you not to so but anyways yeah do you have anything any more on brian shrimp no not on brian shrimp i'm very happy though oh i'm elated it was good that was good that was even better than i was like i was like expecting good and i was like that was even better That got me. It keeps going, right? They really does. <laughs> what the fuck? Also, oh wait, I haven't seen this on camera and like fully. This is a rainbow shirt. Oh. Oh. It's amazing. It's getting there. Yeah, you haven't worn your snake shirt yet. I was literally thinking about wearing it tonight. Yeah. Well, I have to. So I have to undo the waistband and then knit a couple more inches and then redo the waistband. Yeah. It's too not short? Too short, yeah. I've got a really long torso. <laughs> I'm six foot five for <laughs> listeners. I, I have they're not gonna hear this, but I have a really long torso. I have torso. a really long torso too. It's annoying. Especially yeah. like when you're I've always been able to touch my toes though, because of it. Same. I was always like, Y'all can't touch your toes. <laughs> Could it be me? <laughs> Could it be me? Weak as fuck. <laughs> um, Lady Gaga's in the Fortnite shop right now. Wow, so now we're commodifying Lady Gaga. <laughs> now you can just buy Lady Gaga. Yeah, you can. Wow. And you can play as her in Fortnite. You know, I can't even say that. We've canceled her. You're right. We've can't. I can't even say her name. Not on this pod. I don't even know who you're talking about. Are you talking about Lady Gaga? No, it rhymes with Jicky Kanaj. <laughs> Jicky? <laughs> Ricky Kanaj. <laughs> She's not in Fortnite, but Ariana is. She used is. to be, though, didn't she? I don't think so. Yeah. Ariana is. Ariana Grande? Yeah. I don't like her. <laughs> it's really funny, though, when you see her ponytail whipping She's like, around yeah. the map. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes. And, and then just guns you down. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, y'all. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Yeah. Um, I th- oh, also worth mentioning, this is the last episode of this season, the series. Mm-hmm. A series is a better, a better yeah. word for that. Not the season. Um, so we will be back with another series, I believe. Mm-hmm. We found the series format tends to work really well, allows us to kind of streamline some multiple ideas. Think- conceptually yeah i think which is really good for both of us um and we have the opportunity to kind of like Mm -hmm. relaunch and so we've Mm -hmm. got a photo shoot coming Ah, up and we've got some really fun stuff coming yes i've been playing around with illustrator so we're in in our artist era we are so um i'll hopefully be pumping out a logo in the next couple months because yeah. i want to perfect it and make it all pretty a rebranding mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. oh i'm planning on making like a full brand like 
sheet. Like I've been looking at them on Instagram profiles and everything. And like, I want us to sit down and find our color palette in like the whole nine. Like I want us to bring. Yes, please. I think it'd be so fun. I think it'd be so fun. We'll talk about it. Okay, we will. (laughs) We can't let y'all know that. We love you guys. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Have a good week. (laughs) Hashtag not a shrimp. (laughs) Hi. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked our show, we'd love it if you could share it with a friend who might also enjoy it. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow and rate our show by tapping the three dots on our profile and then the little star icon listed as rate show. It really helps us out so much. If you aren't following Out on Earth Pod on Instagram and TikTok, you're missing out on a ton of awesome visual guides, memes, and jokes to go along with the show. Also, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, starting at just $1 a month, you can gain access to ad-free listening, video episodes, bonus episodes, and on our second tier, you'll also get early releases and access to the community Discord. We would love for you to email us at outonearthpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram and we might read it on the show. Thanks again for listening. Together we can find joy out on earth. We pay tribute to the indigenous communities whose ancestral land we are currently recording on. This unique eco-region is historically stewarded by the Apache, Caddo, Tonkawa, and Wichita. Many other tribes have a historical connection to this area, such as the Comanche, Kiowa, Osage, and Quapaw. We acknowledge that the lands surrounding Oklahoma City were originally designated to the Muscogee Creek and Seminole Nations. Today, these unique 39 tribes and many other non-federally recognized indigenous communities have made Oklahoma their home and continue to serve as influential advocates of the land and people. To find out what native land you're on, go to native-land.ca. Out on Earth is written, produced, and edited by Cricket Kaya and Ashton Adig. Hosted by Acast. Music provided by Halizna. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.